Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. How about we have a lot of positive news right now, huh? How about positive news? Well, I'm a little over 60. I'm 61 years old. That's not the positive news. The positive news is I cannot remember when the unemployment rate was 3.6%. 3.6% unemployment, and you're not hearing this on the news, so I'll say it, is considered full employment. That is, there's always a couple percent in the population who leave their jobs looking for other jobs, or maybe somebody gets pregnant and they leave their job or whatever. So there's a little bit of room for voluntary decisions when it comes to employment or unemployment. 3.6% unemployment means 96.4% employment. And again, I am telling you, I don't ever remember that. Maybe it happened when I was three, four, five, six years old, but in modern times, I don't remember that. And there's a reason for that. It's the lowest unemployment rate in 49 years, in half a century. People should be celebrating in the streets People should be celebrating at happy hour. The media should be celebrating. Their hosts should have smiles on their face, ear to ear. This is incredible. It truly is. It truly is a massive economic upswing, certainly compared to recent administrations and unquestionably compared to the last administration. Capitalism works tax cuts work deregulation works in other words the opposite of what democratic presidential candidates are saying works the opposite of what nancy pelosi and the other thugs in the house want to do works it works unemployment among iraq and iran vets 1.7 percent Unemployment among, you know, we have to divide things in the ethnic races and so forth. Asians, 2.2%. 2.2%. Unemployment among Hispanics, 4.2%. That is a record low since it's been tracked in 1973. Unemployment among women, record low. Unemployment among workers that who do not have bachelor degrees or above fell to the lowest in 19 years. In 19 years, 
With high school degrees, without. With college degrees, without. Black, Hispanic, white, Asian, women, men. Capitalism works. This president, his economic policies are fantastically successful. I'm not talking about tariffs and everything. I'm talking about his economic policies are fantastically successful. And it's had an effect. It's having an effect on his popularity rate. It's going up. The stock market. Surge. Bounce. In economic activity. The stock market is way up. Well, that's just for the rich. I guess you don't have a pension plan. That's not just for the rich. Anyone can participate, and most of you do. Whether employer-related pensions or IRAs, 401ks, whatever. What that means is that these businesses are healthy, and they hire hard-working, middle-class people. That's who they pay. And by the way, Wage growth is up. 3.2% first quarter growth. Just a little while ago, the so-called economists were talking about a recession. Recession? This economy is exploding with growth and good news. And... You have an absolute, absolute choice. The Obama policies, big government, and this, that, and the other, as we just kind of plot along and try and break out, or capitalism. Capitalism. And as uh, Guy Benson over at Town Hall points out, the Trump bounce on the economy, his ratings... He has the best economic approval ratings yet. And this is based on a CNN poll. And I'm sure they're grinding their teeth right down to the uh, bone. President Trump's approval rating on the economy has hit a new high, according to a CNN poll released today or yesterday. A majority of respondents, 56%, said they approve of Trump's handling of the economy, compared with 41% who disapprove. President's previous high mark on the economy in the CNN poll came in March 2017 at 55%. 50% of those polled in the new survey said he has done a good job at keeping the promises he made on the campaign trail. 46% said he had done a poor job. 4% had no opinion. This is great news. Very good news. And he's done this despite the fact that he's had absolutely no support from the Democrats in Congress, and he's been under relentless, vicious attack by the media that seeks to burden him, that seeks to drag him down. And yet this man presses on. And so, and so the Democrats push impeachment. So the Democrats push investigations. So the Democrats are going after the Attorney General of the United States for the reasons I said yesterday and have been repeated by virtually everyone today. Because he's leading his own investigation into what took place to launch 
the phony Russia collusion argument uh, uh, investigation. But I want you to listen to this, too, from Hot Air, a la pundit. None of the data sites are tracking impeachment polls, so there's no handy list of numbers, he says, for me to compare to this. But 29%, 29% is the weakest support for impeachment, he says, I can recall seeing from any major pollster. Less than a week ago, ABC Washington Post found 37% in favor of impeachment, another bad number for Democrats and the resistance, but only that's, that's nearly... 10 points higher than what Wikipedia is seeing today. 29%. 29%. Support for impeachment had been holding steady in Quinnipiac surveys at 35% in December and March. Figure far too low to convince Democrats to go through with it, but a solid base potential in which they might build if Mueller came back with evidence that Trump had conspired with Russia. Now the report is in. He didn't. And impeachment is dropping like a lead balloon. 29%. And you know they're the uh, dead-enders. Now what does that mean? 70% oppose it. The only subgroups in favor are Democrats and African Americans. And each is below 60%. Even those numbers are more easily explained by residual default anti-Trumpism than some sharp new concerns about POTUS raised in the Mueller report. Worse yet for the left, when Americans are asked whether Congress should at least continue to investigate Trump with an eye to potentially impeaching him, a majority is against that idea, too. 47-51% with independence split at 45-53. Most people seem to be done with Russiagate. So majority says that's enough with the investigations. A supermajority says no to impeachment. The president's ratings are on an upswing based on economic growth. And I am telling you these unemployment rates, they can divide them into ethnicity, genitalia, whatever they want, are unbelievably low. Unbelievable. If you want to get a mortgage, they're still around 4%. This is a terrific economy. Democrats have spent the past 48 hours insisting that Bill Barr gained public opinion for Trump in his summary by declaring that POTUS didn't obstruct justice. If that was his intent, he obviously did a poor job. The 54-42 split is in line with the results to this same question in many previous polls, suggesting Barr's verdict didn't do much to dissuade people who already suspected Trump of obstruction. The point is this. Despite the mass media propaganda... Despite the antics of the rogue Democrats in the House of Representatives, it's having no effect. No effect. Now they've turned their guns on the Attorney General of the United States. Now members of the House have filed complaints with the Maryland and Virginia bars to try and get Attorney General Barr punished or disbarred. you believe this? And they're talking about impeaching him. And of course the goal is, as I explained yesterday, and the backbenchers are repeating today, to so dirty him up that when he comes up with these unbelievable findings about the individuals who were involved, 
in interfering in our election. The individuals who were involved in trying to take out candidate Trump. The individuals who were involved in trying to smear President-elect Trump. And the individuals today who are still involved in trying to remove President Trump. They want to be able to say, well, what do you expect? It comes from Barr. Tell me, why are the Democrats so defensive, Mr. Producer? They have something to hide? Why are the Democrats so worried about the Inspector General report that comes out in four to six weeks? Why are they so worried about Bill Barr and his investigation? Because it leads straight to the Oval Office and a president named Barack Obama. That's why. The greatest scandal in political history. And the media covered it up on behalf of Obama and the Democrats. Oh, not the phony Russia collusion. No. The Obama administration's interference with our election. The use of the FBI, potentially the CIA, Justice Department, and apparently the willing dupes who are called judges on the FISA courts who haven't lifted a finger to correct what took place in those secret hearings. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. Gentlemen, over at the Washington Compost, Carol Leonig, L E O N N I G, Washington Compost, Watergate had the Nixon tapes, Mueller had Annie Donaldson's notes. Wow. Watergate. What is she talking about? Let's check. The notes scribbled rapidly on a legal pad, captured the fear inside the White House. When President Trump raged over the Russia investigation and decreed he was firing the FBI director who led it. Is this the beginning of the end? The Yanks filled entry is part of a shorthand diary that chronicled the chaotic days in Trump's West Wing, a trove that the special counsel report cited more than 65 times as part of the evidence that the president sought to blunt a criminal investigation bearing down on him. Wow. They bore down on him. And he's an innocent man, wasn't charged with anything. But that doesn't matter. Let's go. The public airing of the notes 
which document then White House counsel Donald McGahn's contemporaneous account of events and his fear that the president was engaged in legally risky conduct has infuriated Trump. First of all, why were they taking notes in the meeting? Or why were they taking notes after the meeting? This is appalling. You're the lawyer for the president. This is your assistant, I guess. Annie Donaldson? Are there no ethics left? And number two, why doesn't Carol Leonick at the Washington Compost point out that the only reason they have those notes is because the President of the United States didn't assert executive and attorney-client privileges? But let's go on. Watch out for the people that take so-called notes when the notes never existed until needed. Trump tweeted a day after the release of special counsel Robert S. Mueller III's report. Well, he's right. The scribe keeping track of the president's actions was Annie Donaldson, McGahn's chief of staff, a loyal and low-profile conservative lawyer who figures in the Mueller report as one of the most important narrators of internal White House turmoil. Now, let's just stop a second. The president's under daily attack. You've got all these prosecutors who are out to destroy him. I mean, put yourself in that position. Whether you work for somebody else, whether you're an independent contractor, whether you run a business, whether you're retired and at your home, you have 17 prosecutors all focused on trying to send you to prison. Would you be a little upset? Doesn't mean you're you're, 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 you're exuding, you know, anything wrong. You have emotions, you have passions. Maybe there is some turmoil surrounding you, but so what? Her daily habit of documenting conversations and meetings provided the special counsel's office with its version of the Nixon White House tapes, a running account of the president's actions, albeit in sentence fragments and concise descriptions. Among the episodes memorialized in Donaldson's notes and memos, the president's outrage when FBI Director James B. Comey confirmed the existence of the investigation into possible ties between Russia and the Trump campaign. There were no ties, you idiot. Trump's efforts to pressure Attorney General Jeff Sessions not to recuse himself from overseeing the probe. And what is wrong with that, by the way? I've, I've always wondered that. And his push to get Mueller disqualified and removed as special counsel, which was fine, too. Maybe not politically wise, but he had no legal issue there. The investigation would have gone on, but Mueller has proven to be everything that Trump said he is. A partisan hack, but he's a Republican. I'll repeat myself. A partisan hack. That's why you have 200 pages on an obstruction matter that was never brought. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. You know, I have to admit, I have a big smile on my face. These economic figures are unbelievable. I think the Democrats are setting themselves up. They don't realize it's going to be painful for the country. But I think in the end, uh, they will suffer. Plus, I've gotten a number of comments back on my new book. It's unbelievable. They're just starting to come in. You know, you send what's called galley copies to certain people to get their impression. Cal Thomas, the great Cal Thomas, was absolutely floored by the book. I'm going to have to find that email. Joel Pollack over at Breitbart, he said, I loved it. John Highbush, the director of the Reagan Library, was profuse and in his uh, compliments. And I don't have them all in front of me, but um, that's really cool. That's really good because it reinforces what I've been saying to you. You know, these are third parties who are looking at what I've written. And, uh, you know, of course, I like it. I wrote the damn thing. And I wanted to make sure it's understandable and compelling and useful and substantive, but, you know, something that can be easily digested. And it's turned out to be all those things. Unfreedom of the press. Oh, there's my beautiful wife who popped in. In the bunker, of course. So uh, that's all good. Now, you brought me some chocolate, honey. Now, here's the good news. I love chocolate. Here's the bad news. I already had a whole candy <gasps> bar. Oh, I know. I oh, know. At least you're honest. I tell you the truth, don't I? You do tell Trying to lose 10 pounds, but... And how nice that I brought it. it. That is very nice that you brought it. Thank you. All right, so there we go. See, I have to do little things like that during the course of the show, because it's 6 to 9, and I get hungry. But um, anyway, so I'm very excited about that. I'm also very excited that this president really is so successful. So successful. So there are times when we get down, right? Mostly when we listen to Democrats, we get down. Mostly when we listen to so-called journalists, we get down. If we put them out of our ears, put them out of our heads, and think about what's going on, it's pretty cool with this president. Later in the program, I'm going to talk to you extent, uh, at some extent with, about China. That's not cool. China is the enemy. China is the enemy. And here again, under Obama, he undermined our military and he undermined our geopolitical strength. And the president is trying to reverse course in that respect. The Democrats today could care less about China. Joe Biden thinks it's no big deal. That's why he's not qualified to be president. It's not just the President of the United States who's pointing out what China's doing. All the experts at the Defense Department, at the intelligence agencies, I mean the good people who are not spying on Republicans, all concerned about China. The people I brought on my program, on Life, Liberty, and Levin, who are experts on China, all concerned about China. This is no joke. It's a nation of one and a half billion people. 
They're stealing our technology blind. And they are using it against us. And it's more and more a centralized, iron-fisted, fascistic, communist regime. Isn't that a contradiction, Mark? No, not in the least. Not in the least. Just another form of, uh, of autocracy with a better uh, press release. And so we'll be talking about that a bit later, too. Now let's get back to this Washington Compost piece uh, by a, uh, a reporter, I guess. The Harvard Law School graduates' unflinching words, this is Annie Donaldson, their new hero, the chief of staff to McGahn, who was the White House counsel. She wrote, just in the middle of another Russia fiasco, unquote, she wrote on March 2, 2017, have cast the diehard Republican in an unfamiliar role as a truth teller, heralded by Trump's foes for providing what they view as proof he's unfit for office. This is sick. House Judiciary Committee Gerald Nadler has already signaled he intends to subpoena Donaldson as a critical witness. Yes, uh, Jerry is quite the little fascist, isn't he, Mr. Producer? Oh, he's subpoenaing family and friends and business associates. He's subpoenaing all kinds of stuff. In the name of the Constitution, of course, and oversight, of course. Donaldson, who lives in Montgomery, Alabama, where her husband recently got a job as a federal prosecutor, did not respond to requests for comment. She left the White House in December, both proud of her service and also somewhat stung by her experience in Washington, friends said. Those close to Donaldson fear she will be thrust into the middle of the building war between congressional Democrats and the White House. Look, look, look. President's going to just issue executive privilege, uh, uh, trigger executive privilege. She's not going anywhere. But that's okay. The Washington Compost likes to play with the American people. It did for two and a half years. Some privately wary she could become a target of the president, despite having worked hard to help implement his agenda. Well, then why were you taking notes like this that have absolutely no legal significance whatsoever, but are now used by the president's political opponents? Why did you do that? You're a Harvard lawyer? Ding dong, ding dong. My only concern for her now is not getting too caught up in this Washington meat grinder when she really did the right thing and cooperated as she was directed, said former Republican Senator Luther Strange, who hired Donaldson to work in his law firm in Alabama. Well, well, then why don't you call Nadler, bro? As McCann's chief of staff. Donaldson was charged with managing 30 to 40 lawyers in the council's office, getting White House policies legally vetted, keeping judicial nominations on track, and working with McGahn on Trump's top priorities, and apparently taking notes all the time. We took notes during the meetings, after the meetings, kept files on the president. Why? Well, we just wanted to provide the very best legal advice. No, no, Why? Along the way, she did what virtually all lawyers considered a necessity, kept a record of decisions, disputes, and tasks left to do. All right, so now the Washington Compost is building up. They don't care about her. They don't know her. When they're done with her, they'll throw off the cliff like they do everybody. It's no big deal. Just get Trump. Get him. Get him. Get him. Nearly every day when McGahn emerged from the Oval Office or other West Wing meetings, she would take notes as he recalled significant discussions with the president and his team according to people familiar with her role 
Well, wouldn't you just hire like a paralegal or a secretary to do that, Mr. Producer? A Harvard lawyer? In the case of Nixon, oh, Nixon, Watergate, Watergate, Nixon. I'm surprised they're not quoting John Dean here or some former no-name Watergate special prosecutor. The case of Nixon, the discovery of his White House taping system, provided unquestionable proof of his role in a cover-up of his campaign's illegal spying on opponents, precipitating his resignation in 1974. Now listen to this. Mueller had these notes. Every damn page. How the hell is this Watergate? The president didn't commit any crimes. I mean, it would be the greatest travesty in American electoral history if they're going to try and impeach a president of the United States who gave the prosecutor everything, including the notes from the chief of staff of his White House counsel. But he doesn't have to go any further. The president of the United States can now assert executive privilege. I'm not participating with Mr. Nadler and his lynch mob. In Trump's case, Donaldson's notes depict McGahn and others as worried that the president could be accused of criminal obstruction and is seeking to protect him from his impulses. Isn't that interesting? Comey takes notes and McGahn's people take notes. Everybody's taking the notes to CYA, except the president. The president's just doing his job. I get these notes and this this memo. I get this one get here. I give this over to this guy. In an entry on March 21, 2017. Now, this is why Volume 2 was written. For clowns like this phony reporter at the Washington Compost. To go through this information, scour it, cherry pick it, write sarcastic columns, talk about Nixon and Watergate and how the president's neck is on the line and on and on and on. When Volume 2 should not even have been written. In an entry on March 21, 2017, Donaldson recounts how Trump told McGahn he was furious with the testimony that Comey gave to Congress about the Russia probe the day before, sounding as if he might fire him on the spot. President felt betrayed that Comey had failed to do, as Trump had asked, to tell the public that he was not personally under investigation. But Trump was right. Comey told him in their meeting at the Trump Tower that he was not under investigation. And the president keeps saying, well, tell that to the public. Tell it to the public. And then he testifies in front of Congress and he won't tell them. No, the president's not under investigation. And the president's furious. Wouldn't that be the right reaction? McGahn was so concerned that Comey's firing was imminent that the counsel's office drafted a memo analyzing the president's legal authority to do so, according to the report. McGahn's lawyer, William Burke, declined to comment. That day, Trump repeatedly pressured McGahn to get the Justice Department to intervene. Donaldson's later told investigators, McGahn then called Assistant Attorney General Dana, whatever, asking whether officials could correct the misperception that the president was under investigation. The president is surrounded by incompetence, by people taking notes, by an FBI director who's out to sabotage him. He's not under investigation. President, tell the world. You told me, tell the world. I, 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 I can't do that. Why? At one point, McGahn warned the president that some of the actions he took, such as asking Comey to let go of his investigation of Flint, can make him vulnerable to accusations of obstruction of justice. 
Biggest exposure, quote, other contacts, calls, ask regarding Flynn. Donaldson wrote that day. And, of course, what do we know about Flynn? He was set up. He was set up. And the President of the United States is looking at this hero, this retired Lieutenant General, this retired Lieutenant General, a hero, and he's thinking, this is wrong, what they're doing to this guy. There's something wrong with this. And he was right. He was right. They set him up. Uh, we want to interview you, Mr. Flynn. Okay. Uh, we recommend you don't need a lawyer. They're a lawyer. We're just, just, and it's an informal discussion. Well, okay, but we already covered this, Grant. Well, that's okay, Mr. Flynn. We just want to clarify a few points. Don't worry. You don't need a lawyer. Okay. That stroke to Flynn. Then they interview him, set him up, and indict him. White House aides who know Donaldson said they are confident her notes are an accurate account of events in Trump's White House. See how they're building her up? For her part, Donaldson has dismayed her confidential work product, documenting sensitive conversations with the president that would normally be shielded from public view by executive privilege, is available for all to see, colleagues said. I doubt she had any notion that these notes would ever end up in anyone's hands, let alone Mueller's said one former White House official requested anonymity to describe internal dynamics. Well, I don't understand this at all. You want to know why, Mr. Producer? Once a president leaves office and after a period of time, it's all public. It's all public. They're government documents. It's all public. There's no longer an issue of separation of powers. There's no longer an issue of executive privilege, attorney-client privilege, and so forth and so on, because the governing stops. The president has left. So at some point, everyone sees these notes. So how can anyone say she, was, she never expected these notes to be seen? At some point, they would be seen. And, and why write notes that you don't expect to be seen? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound, to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community help students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Here's the problem with the House Judiciary Committee Politburo and its Soviet chairman, Mr. Nadler. The president has the facts, the law, and the people on his side. Fantastic accomplishments. Look at this economy. I have never seen anything like this. Have you? 
And he does it despite the fact that these Yorkies and Chihuahuas keep biting at his heels. He just keeps plowing ahead. It's like the media live in their own reality. Left-wing kook bubble. And they're not having a great impact. Now the problem is, it's early yet. It's early yet. The economy's strong. But then I think to myself, imagine how popular this president would be. Even more so. But for the constant lies and attacks on CNN and that means, well, forget about them. Nobody watches that. But you understand what I mean. We're going to have a lot more fun. We're going to listen to some audio. Audio of an insane asylum that's called MSLSD. An insane asylum that's called the Constipated News Network. An insane asylum that's called the Democrat Party. We're going to have some fun with these fools. I mean these people. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Levinites, Mr. Producer, I'll tell you why I'm laughing. I'm watching television and so forth during the break as I'm preparing for the next segment, for the next hour, and going over my thought processes. And... Uh, People are saying correctly, with this latest planted story in the New York Slimes, of yet another spy, a leak that occurred because they know the IG's on their tail, they know that Bill Barr's on their tail, they're trying to take out Bill Barr, the IG, Michael Horowitz, he'll be up for his too, but the people are beginning to see through this. And the commentary is amazing, it's saying, you know, the president was... Right. I mean, he knew something was up. There was some kind of spying going on. He knew over two years ago in March. And he may not have had the specifics, but he was right generally. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing because you were here. You heard me here. When was that? A Thursday night, Rich? Behind this microphone, back in March of 2017, and then on Fox and Friends Saturday or Sunday, and then on Hannity Monday, where I laid out the case, based on leaks, obviously, from the upper echelon of the FBI, that there was espionage going on, spying, something going on with respect to Trump in the campaign and post-campaign. And, of course, as you know, if you're a regular listener, we took enormous abuse my buddy Joel Pollack at Breitbart, he picked up on that. He added some of his own thoughts. He wrote it up, too. And we came under holy hell. I did for a week. My buddy Hannity defended me. There were several local guys that defended me, but that was about it. There wasn't much in terms of support. And I stuck to my guns because I didn't invent these things. 
I just figured them out by the media reports that had taken place over the period of, the, of, a, of a six-month period. And I went back and I just started looking and looking a lot. That's what I do. I research. I back up my positions. I'm an advocate for, for the truth and for principle. And now we know there was Harper. There was this woman. We know that Philip Bump over there at the Washington Compost hasn't written another piece, has he, Mr. Producer? It's quite obvious that the FBI implanted yet another spy. Oh, it was an investigator. Another spy. Back in September 2016. And Mr. Bump, last time I checked, that was before the election actually actually took place. Are you going to write a new op-ed there, pal? Come on, Phil. Are you going to write a new op-ed over there at the Washington Compost? Of course he won't. Maybe it was the New York Slimes. I don't know. They're the same thing. Siamese twins of leftism. I can't remember. These clowns are never held to account in the media, ever, except now with unfreedom of the press. I want to read to you what Cal Thomas wrote to me. Cal Thomas is one of the biggest syndicated columnists in the country. He's a brilliant man. He said, I've read many critiques of contemporary journalism, but this is the best. It is scholarly, well-researched, compelling, and the evidence and arguments are irrefutable. If the major networks and newspapers would only pay attention to their problem and fix it, they could slow or even stop their downward spiral. And of course they won't, will they, ladies and gentlemen? They won't. My buddy Joel Pollack, he wrote me this evening. He said, look, uh, I've read your book. I've done a review. Can I go ahead and post it? I said, do, do whatever you're comfortable with. I said, did you like it? He said, I loved it. Can't wait to read his review. I'm only telling you these things because those of you who've pre-ordered, I just want you to know, I, I really do not believe you're going to be disappointed in any respect. But if you owned my computer, you'd be disappointed because the damn thing just shut down on me again. This is what happens. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, our favorite foil. He's our favorite foil. Nobody listens to this guy. He's got an audience of about 12, which is about the same as, as his IQ. That's how it works at MSNBC. They hire hosts, and their audience size is as high as their IQ. That's why in the case of Sharpton, he has no audience. He has a negative IQ. Uh, the same with Mika, negative IQ territory. Let's take a look at uh, Cut 2, Mr. Producer. Here's the morning schmo on the morning schmo show, the favorite show of the North Korean generals. Cut 2, go. I've got to say again, I, uh, a lot of Democrats didn't like hearing me say this. I think you need to make... A- a- stop. Nobody's listening to you, you idiot. More people are listening to you when I replay your stupidity than when you are on the air. Don't you get it? And tell me. Am I right? Does he not look like the banjo player on the bridge in Deliverance? Does he or not? Does he or not? And what's with the Woody Woodpecker haircut? I'm just saying. Go ahead. On impeaching Donald Trump. I think at this point, it's now a political battle between the legislative branch and the executive branch. Fight that out. Let the voters decide. In this case, Mika... 
I don't think the House has any choice. They have to impeach an attorney general who was caught on tape in front of the American people on April 9th lying under oath to Congress, committing perjury, which, yes, even the age of Trump. Now, shut up, you idiot. Now, let me just say this. You don't even have to listen or look carefully at the back and forth that took place between this congressman from Florida who'd been the attorney general, who'd been the governor, who went from being a Republican to an independent to a Democrat, this guy, Christ, who has his own issues. You don't even have to have a 12 IQ like Joe Scarborough. If you're just quasi-literate, you will understand what took place. This congressman, and I paraphrase, asked the attorney general if his views were challenged or reflected the views of members of the special counsel staff. Members of the special counsel staff. And he said, I don't know, pretty much. The attorney general says, I don't know. Mueller calls the attorney general, complains about his press. We talked about this last night, but I have to underscore this, even though others have regurgitated it today. He, He calls the attorney general, complains about his press, not the accuracy of what the attorney general said. He just needs, there's, there's nuance here, he says, Bill. There's nuance here that you're not getting the context, the nature of what we're... There's a prosecutor, folks, who shouldn't have written this at all. But he's now clearly a publicity hound, which is why I am convinced that whole damn operation's been leaking since day one. He's very disturbed by this. You know, you should at least put the summaries out, Mr. Attorney General. And, of course, he did. He attached them to the full report. But reading is fundamental, and when it comes to the Democrats on Capitol Hill, they're fundamentally illiterate. So, so, did the Attorney General lie under oath? No, of course not. He didn't know what the members of Mueller's staff thought. He didn't talk to them. Although, if you read the New York Slimes of the Washington Compost, or you watch this jerk... Jeffrey Tubin, that fraud, or any of the rest of them, you would have known because they leak. But that aside, that aside. So um, he didn't lie, let alone commit perjury. And yet Joe Scarborough, who was a lawyer, he says he was a lawyer, was obviously a slip and fall lawyer as he is a slip and fall television host doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's just regurgitating what the Democrats said. Impeach the Attorney General. Now let's just listen to these fools. In the last few months, they've wanted to impeach the President and disenfranchise 63 million voters. They wanted to impeach Brett Kavanaugh, even though it's Brett Kavanaugh who was slandered and defamed. You know, he was involved in 10 gang rapes. He was the leader of the crowd. you have any witnesses? Witnesses. Do you have any photos? You have any? Well, no, I just don't, don't have those either. Uh, do you know uh, who drove you home? No, I don't, don't know who drove me home. Do you know who drove you? I, I don't know. You remember the address? I don't remember the address. I don't remember anything. I don't know anything. But 
Kavanaugh was involved in 10 gang rapes. Now, how sickeningly pathetic is that? And it went downhill from there. Media were proud of themselves. They kept giving this voice, kept giving it attention. So Kavanaugh needs to be impeached. Now the Attorney General needs to be impeached. What's going on here, folks? What's going on here with the Democrat Party? The Democrat Party is a party of reprobates. And I'm talking about at the highest levels, not the membership. Although, why the hell would you be a member of the Democrat Party? Isn't it humiliatingly embarrassing and so forth? Party of slavery, party of segregation, party of Jim Crow. But we put that aside for now. Isn't that incredible? So we should impeach the president, impeach a Supreme Court justice, impeach the attorney general. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Meanwhile, they couldn't muster the courage to pass a resolution condemning Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. A bigot, anti-Semite, a thousand times over. Well, we we can't do that. What we'll say is we're against anti-Semitism, this phobia, that phobia. See, we covered everything. No. You didn't condemn her because your party is more and more accepting of this. Like the other, Talib, the other first woman Muslim in, in the House of Representatives, Talib, and the things that she has said, can't condemn her, or AOC, AOC, 29-year-old nitwit, who's leading the Democrat Party. But really, take a look at this guy, Nadler. Nadler's been around a long time. I remember when he was about 612 pounds. No offense. Look, I've told you before, I'm chairman of Fatties United, or FU. I am. And all I can say to Nadler is, he should join FU. He's the face of FU. But he went and had a procedure, you know, one of those procedures, and... uh, Hasn't really helped him. He's still dumb as a doorknob. So he's up there like, uh, like some type of a, of, of a Soviet commissar. Oh, I'm putting out subpoenas, and you're going to reply to my subpoena, and, uh, and uh, you're going to show up, and you're going to do what I tell you to do, and we're going to change our rules and so forth. And while destroying the Constitution, he waves around the Constitution. That's the trick, you see. And he knows he'll have people in the media who will defend him. Like Joe Scarborough. So let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen, over there at MSLSD, their lineup. Is that a news network or an opinion network? Why would you put Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski on TV? Certainly not for their looks. Why would you put them on TV? Do they bring anything substantive, anything profound, anything interesting? No. Do they even bring ratings? No. Why would you bring Chris Matthews on TV? Unless you're into spittle watching. Because the guy, the spittle comes out of his mouth, falls on his loafers. This, this guy is a real mess. This, this, this uh, Chris Matthews. Used to write speeches for Jimmy Carter. Does anybody remember a profound Jimmy Carter speech? The only one I can remember is when he was uh, trashing America. Remember? During the height of the oil crisis. It's your fault, America. It's your fault. And he was also a, a chief muckety-muck with Tip O'Neill. 
another loser. But there he is. He's on MSLSD. Rachel Maddow, a.k.a. No, I better not. Anyway, Rachel Maddow. Wrong on everything. They talk about Alex Jones. You want a conspiracy nut? How come she's not banned from Facebook? She's a nut. How come she's not banned from Facebook? Well, because she's of the left. What else do they have on that damn MSLSD? I don't even know. Who the hell watches that thing? Oh, crazy Larry O'Donnell. What's that noise? What's that noise? Larry settled it. What's that noise? Damn it. What's that noise? Steph, you want to get fired? Stop the noise. Crazy Larry O'Donnell. Now, that actually was the best show he ever did, Mr. Producer. That <laughs> was the best show he ever did. It was great. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me remind you of the great unfree press in our country, as John Solomon uh, pointed out, September 5, 2018. Number of examples of media government collusion to try and take down this president. Fired FBI official Peter Stroke and his alleged paramour, former FBI lawyer Lisa Page, texted frequently about leaks in the media affecting their cases and even suggested the FBI was behind some of them. FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was fired for lying about one media leak he authorized. The FBI secured a FISA warrant against Trump campaign advisor Carter Page in part by citing a Yahoo News article by Michael Isakoff. That, it turns out, was based on a leak. From the FBI's own informant in the case, former British intel operative Christopher Steele, whose dirt on Trump was bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign and the DNC, and turned out to be absolutely false. The court that approved the surveillance warrant apparently was never told that the article was not independent corroboration, corroborated, but rather circular intelligence from the poison steel tree. DOJ notes recently provided the Congress show one of the media leaks with which Steele was involved, was considered by his boss, Fusion GPS founder Glenn Simpson, to be a Hail Mary attempt to swing the election rather than inform the FBI in courts. And Stroke's own FBI communication showed the FBI, after firing Steele, continued to receive versions of his now infamous but still unverified dossier on alleged Trump collusion with Russia. And, of course, there's Stefan Halper, spy. And then this, whatever her name is, Turk. Spy. Lots of spies. Now step back. Any patriotic, objective American looking at this should be scared to hell about the police state tactics employed by the Obama administration. Am I wrong? Does the FBI just act on its own? Does the Department of Justice just act on its own? was the only person in America who didn't know about this? Barack Milhouse Benito Obama? How did I know about it back in March in 2017? Because I read the damn newspapers. That's how I knew about it. And we're told Obama was never briefed on any of it? Why wouldn't he have been? By his buddy Comey. By his buddy Loretta Lynch. By his buddy Clapper. By his buddy Brennan. By all his buddies. I'll be right back.
Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You notice the president is always accused of abusing power. Abusing power. Has he abused power? Did he use the IRS like Obama or Kennedy or Lyndon Johnson or FDR? No. Did he use the FBI like Lyndon Johnson and Kennedy and FDR? No. How about those files that wound up in the Clinton White House? Remember that, Hillary? Had a problem at the Trump White House? No, no problem there. Uh, How many reporters has Trump locked up? None, by last count. How many newspapers has he shut down? None, by last count. How many did FDR shut down? How many people did he lock up? We can go on and on. But I want to touch on this subject in uh, Unfreedom of the Press. Page 192, those of you who are going to get it. Newsrooms and editorial pages insist that President Trump is frequently and relentlessly abusing power in more ways than one can counter-categorize. By way of news reports, news analysis, and news interpretation, news roundtables, expert commentary, and clear-cut propaganda, the public is served by the Democratic Party press, A daily dose of President Trump's alleged criminal violations, legal violations, ethics violations, norm violations, unprecedented actions, bullying, threatening, etc., suggesting or asserting that Trump is a tyrant or would be tyrant. A typical example, Huffington Post, a contributor, Philip Rotner, good name there, pal, Philip Rotner proclaimed on July 27, 2017, Only six months into the Trump presidency, they quote, Donald Trump is using the bully pulpit of the presidency to politicize the criminal justice system, punish politicians who won't toe his line, and humiliate private citizens who dare to speak out against him. Whether Trump's abuse of power is criminal or only dangerously unethical probably depends on whether he has crossed the line into criminal obstruction of justice. That judgment will be made by special counsel Robert Mueller, assuming that Mueller will be allowed to complete his investigation. All psychos. Of course, Mueller did finish his investigation. And there was no criminal obstruction of justice. Rotner later declared that neither criminal accountability nor the prospect of impeachment takes the full measure of Trump's abuse of power. More important is the damage Trump is inflicting upon the rule of law, separation of powers, and the checks and balances that protect our democracy. The hell would this fool know about any of that? 
And as I write in Unfreedom of the Press, Rotner's widely absurd and hysterical assertions are not uncommon among those who work in America's newsrooms. The mass media's coverage of Donald Trump treats as a given that he's a power-hungry lawbreaker. But to what end is he supposedly so inclined? He has not financially enriched himself as president, or on the contrary, he left a lucrative business career to run and then serve in public office and donates his presidential salary to government and charities. He's not an ideologue who seeks to fundamentally transform America into something it is not and against the public's will, as Barack Obama openly proclaimed, or like Senator Bernie Sanders and other Democratic candidates seeking the presidency have declared. He's not assumed or exercised presidential powers in some extraordinary way, despite, for example, efforts to falsely characterize his use of the National Emergencies Act of 1976 and the funding of physical barriers on the southern border as such. By the way, whatever happened to the manufactured crisis on the southern border? Looks like a real crisis to me. What's manufactured is the BS that comes from the Democrats. An examination of news reporting and media commentary over a score of months demonstrates that many of the president's statements, decisions, and actions are met with a predictable and knee-jerk chorus of media excorations and allegations. However, it seemed at one point that President Trump's firing of former FBI Director James Comey, whose resignation and removal Democratic officials and the Democratic Party press had earlier demanded turned out to be an especially traumatizing event for the mass media, or more accurately, an opportunity for them to crystallize their loathing for the president around a set of accusations, such as constitutional crisis, obstruction of justice, and cover-up, which they hoped would lead to his political and legal undoing. Now, our friends at the Washington Free Beacon observed that Comey's dismissal drew accusations that Trump was trying to cover up the federal investigation into collusion, between his presidential campaign and the Russians in 2016. CNN legal analyst, he's more of a legal analyst, I would say, Mr. Producer. Jeffrey Tubin said the firing was a grotesque abuse of power by Trump and was the sort of thing that happens in non-democracies. Fellow CNN analyst, and this guy failed at uh, Meet the Press, David Gregory said Trump's actions in the subsequent White House spin demonstrated disdain for the presidency. The Free Beacon also reported that MSNBC host Chris Matthews called it the Tuesday Night Massacre, a reference to the Saturday Night Massacre when Richard Nixon ordered the firing of Watergate Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox in 1973. He later added Trump's actions had the whiff of fascism to them. One of the reporters who broke the Watergate scandal, the bloated dummy Carl Bernstein, said on CNN that the dismissal marked a terribly dangerous moment in American history. And then there's ABC's Cokie Roberts. She said the Watergate comparisons were understandable. And MSNBC's loathsome host Joe Scarborough said that the echoes of Watergate were filling Washington, D.C. The question this morning is whether the centuries-old system of checks and balances will swing into action. What was missing from most of these reports was accuracy and context. There were many good and legitimate reasons for Comey's firing. And many Democrats have been on record denouncing him. For example, in November 2, 2016, 
Bloomberg News reported, quote, Senator Charles Schumer is joining a growing chorus of criticism over FBI Director James Comey's decision to alert lawmakers to new emails potentially linked to the Bureau's investigation of the Hillary Clinton's private server. I do not have confidence in him any longer, Schumer said. By the way, Chuck, that cornrow, that stuff that you planted into your forehead, it's not taking hold. Must be uh, climate change. On January 13, 2017, in a story headline, Tensions boil up between Democrats and FBI director. CBS News reported that Democrats stormed out of a briefing on Russian hacking, furious with one of the briefers, Comey. The FBI director has no credibility, said Representative, the detestable Maxine Waters of California. My confidence in the FBI director's ability to lead this agency has been shaken, said Representative Hank Johnson of Georgia. Now, of course, on May 9, 2017... The Deputy Attorney General of the United States, Rod Rosenstein, set forth in a detailed memo titled, Restoring Public Confidence in the FBI, the reasons he and the Department of Justice had lost faith in Comey and the basis for his firing. Among other things, he wrote, although the president has the power to remove the FBI director, the decision should not be taken lightly. I agree with the nearly unanimous opinions of former FBI officials. The way the director handled the conclusion of the Hillary Clinton email investigation was wrong. And as a result, the FBI is unlikely to gain public and congressional trust until it has a director who understands the gravity of the mistakes and pledges never to repeat them. Having refused to admit his errors, the director cannot be expected to implement the necessary corrective actions. In fact... Shortly after his firing, Comey stated in a letter from himself to all, quote-unquote, that, quote, I have long believed that a president can fire an FBI director for any reason or no reason at all. I'm not going to spend time on the decision or the way it was executed. Now, of course, a disgruntled Comey has never stopped criticizing the president for his removal, but at the time he understood it to be a perfectly legitimate and legal presidential action. Notwithstanding that the Russia investigation was never hampered in any way during or after Comey's firing, the president did nothing to limit its reach or its funding. The Trump's abuse of power narrative persists in the media. The fact is that the Trump administration's use of executive power has hardly been abusive. Indeed, it has been unexceptional and even tame. And those of you who pre-ordered the book, what you'll find is I then give actual examples, stunning, shocking examples that I, that I dug up over the course of months of Franklin Roosevelt, of Eleanor Roosevelt, for that matter. You'd be shocked to learn. Of John Kennedy. Of Lyndon Johnson. And yes, some of Nixon. But Nixon was a choir boy compared to Johnson and Kennedy. That's the truth. That's the truth. I mean, Johnson, as I've told you before, he literally wiretapped Hubert Humphrey's phones, his own vice president, because he wanted to know what Humphrey was going to say about the Vietnam War as he was running for president of the United States against Richard Nixon. He had Hoover send in FBI agents into his own convention, the Democrat convention in Atlantic City, to keep an eye on those who would oppose him, including the Kennedy clan, and had... Martin Luther King's hotel phones bugged. But he was just doing that 
from which he learned from the Kennedy brothers. Robert Kennedy agreed that Hoover should go ahead and bug Martin Luther King's phones. They knew everything King was doing, everywhere he was going. And Robert Kennedy advised Hoover, just be careful, this is a very delicate matter. All those kids over there at the Washington Compost, they just love their man, Ben Bradley. I mean, after all, he brought down Nixon and published the Pentagon Papers. What a man, what an icon of journalism. No, he wasn't. He was in John Kennedy's back pocket. You see, before Bradley worked at the Post, he worked at Newsweek, owned by the same company. And he helped cover it up, some of Kennedy's activities. And even worse, Kennedy, through one of his surrogates, Pierre Salinger, shared FBI files with Ben Bradley. How about that? Shared tax information about Getty and others with Ben Bradley. There's your Washington Compost. Questions have even been raised about the way that Bob Woodward, forget about the, uh, the slob Bernstein, he was along for the ride, he's too stupid to do anything. But Woodward's a little bit more conniving, of course. I don't know these men, I have nothing personal against them. Just call them as I see them. Been some questions about their reporting. Stuff hidden in flower pots. Nobody believes that. They just had to kind of dress it up. Ben Bradley didn't believe that. They were getting most of their information from the deputy director of the FBI. Now, as a side point, as I say, all this is an unfreedom of the press. As a side point, this is kind of how I knew that these leaks two years ago were coming out of the senior level of the FBI, among other places, because they'd done it before. That was Mark Felt, the former deputy director. He was deep throat. Because all these investigations, the roads all lead to the senior level of the FBI. You've got disparate investigations going on, a variety of individuals, but they all funnel in. They all funnel through. That's how I knew it had to be coming from the top level of the FBI. When I saw the FISA leak, and I reported it to you two years ago, what I read, what I saw, that had to come from the FBI. The FBI is instigating and involved in the initial aspects of a FISA application. So you had to know that that's where it was coming from. Brian Stelter, he's not hard to notice. He's as tall as he is wide. And he's, he's a little, you know, marshmallow. Uh, but anyway, he got in an argument with him. How do you know about FISA? How, who told you? I said, well, maybe you're not reading the media. But you can't independently verify that this is what I'm dealing with, an absolute certifiable moron. He had no curiosity whatsoever. into. He still doesn't. He still doesn't. You can lead a liberal to water, but you can't force them to drink. You know, not being able to make it home to moms to celebrate Mother's Day with her can be very hard. But with 1-800-Flowers.com, distance doesn't mean anything because you can still brighten her day with a gorgeous bouquet. And right now, 
When you get ahead of the Mother's Day rush, 1-800-Flowers is giving you an exclusive 24 for 24 offer. 24 multicolored roses for $24. That's only a dollar a rose. With a bright and beautiful mix of premium roses and rainbow of colors, these blooms are guaranteed to show mom just how much she's loved. Multicolored roses are the perfect way to surprise all the moms in your life. Wife, sister, grandma. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak from Premier Farms and shipped overnight to ensure freshness. 24 multicolored roses for $24. It's an amazing offer, but you have to hurry because it expires today. Hello! It expires today, and today's almost over. But don't put this off, guys. Order today from 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. It's what mom would want you to do. To order 24 stunning multicolored roses for 24 bucks, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click that radio icon, and enter L-E-V-I-N, Levin, or as some like to say, Lovin' Levin. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code Levin. Harry, this fantastic offer it literally expires in a few hours. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Mother's Day is coming. There's absolutely nothing most of us wouldn't do to make sure the special moms in our life are happy. Sherry's Berries has special Mother's Day berries, and let me tell you, they're unbelievable. Designed just for mom that are topped with chocolate chips, pink shimmer sugar, and swizzles. I didn't even know what pink shimmer sugar and swizzles were until I got my Sherry's Berry. I don't tell you, they're great. You choose your delivery date to ensure mom gets your gift of Sherry's Berries exactly when you want her to. And your satisfaction is always guaranteed. Don't wait until the last minute on this one. Visit berries.com right now to order freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 for the moms in your life. To make mom really happy, you can double the berries for just $10 more. Mother's Day, as you know, is coming. It's Sunday, May 12th, so visit berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Click on that microphone in the upper right-hand corner and enter what? My last name, Levin, L-E-V-I-N, every time. That's berries.com. Click the microphone, enter code Levin, L-E-V-I-N. All right, Mr. Producer, let's do one more of these before we go to our next hour. Allison Camarado on CNN today. She used to be on Fox. She used to always ask me to come on the show. Never much cared for her even then. Uh, not particularly bright, but that is one of the qualifications over there at CNN. A constipated look and not particularly bright. Cut three, go. I mean, I guess my point, John, and I'm sorry if I sound like they've broken my spirit. However, oh, <laughs> her spirit's been broken. And John is John Berman. Go ahead. But I think that's the goal, too. Well, it's worked because I think that I am channeling uh, many members of the American public who feel that these past two years have been disheartening. All right. let 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 me help you out. You're not channeling anything. And you got that dummy next to you, this guy, John Berman, who has a, uh, a constant stupid look on his face. Who are you people? Where did you come from? What are you offering the American people? 
If I were sitting in a diner and you and Berman went in the corner talking the way you are, I'd move. I'd go somewhere. Wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? And you're probably shoving donuts in your mouth. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, We're going to have a great Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. A lady by the name of Sally Pipes. Now, many of you may not have heard of her. She runs a group called the Pacific Research Institute. She's an expert on health care. It's a fascinating one-hour discussion. Medicare for all, single-payer, what's really going on in Canada and the UK? What's really responsible for so many of the problems in our health care system? I learned an enormous amount. This program could have gone on for three hours. I'm sorry, we're not going to be discussing what the Democrats want us to discuss right now. Impeachment and all the rest. We're going to discuss some other things. That's the point of the Sunday show. When I need to jump in, I jump in. But this Sunday, you want to learn about what's going on with Medicare and Medicaid, the CHIP program. You want to learn what it means, Medicare for all. You want to learn about all that's going on behind the scenes and and what all this means. I hope you'll join us. It's just one hour, Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, as you close down your weekend. And that's the purpose of the program, one hour of intelligent talk. Just one hour, you know. Not 14 guests interrupting each other. Nothing wrong with that. It's just not what I want to do. So I think you'll like it very much. Here we have the collegefix.com, wonderful group. Nearly 200 universities encourage, facilitate segregation among students of color. 
The National Association of Scholars recently released a study documenting the voluntary racial segregation of students of color on nearly 200 college campuses across the country. Keep in mind, you're paying for most of this. The association has coined this trend neo-segregation and noted in its report its rise returns college campuses to separate but equal facade of the Jim Crow segregation era. The time has come to bring down the curtain on neo-segregation the way the Supreme Court in Brown and the Civil Rights Movement brought down the curtain on the old-fashioned forms of segregation, the report says. The 216-page report is the result of two years of research. It documents 173 colleges and universities across the nation that offer a wide variety of voluntarily segregated programs such as clubs, meetings, freshman orientations, housing, and graduation ceremonies. Quote, what we found was that neo-segregation is widespread, if not pervasive. About 46%, 80 colleges of the 173 surveyed, segregate student orientation programs. 45%, that's 75 colleges out of the total, offer segregated residential arrangements. 72%, that is 125 colleges out of the total, segregate graduation ceremonies, the report says. These segregated graduation ceremonies are held in addition to the main commencements all graduates attend. Though these arrangements are ostensibly voluntary, students can't easily opt out. The report says, We track numerous indicators of neo-segregation, from diversity fly-ins, 68% of the total, where colleges offer minority students an expense-paid segregated preview of the experience that awaits them should they enroll to segregated alumni groups. Additional items the study tallied included segregated safe spaces, segregated mentorship programs, race-targeted scholarships, race-conscious hiring committees, events exclusively for students of color, and more. The report also starts with an in-depth case study of Yale University's neo-segregation efforts since the 1960s. The report argues this hurts students of color far more than it helps them. It states, The most readily apparent harm from such segregation is that it fosters a sense of insecurity. The members of the segregated group are taught to fear other groups, especially white students. Wow, who got this? This is amazing. National Association of Scholars. The report goes on. They are encouraged to see themselves as victims or potential victims and as heirs to past grievances, training students to see themselves as vulnerable to the transgressions of a larger, intolerant, or bigoted community is poor preparation for life in American society. Students who venture outside the segregated bubble may indeed encounter some hostile attitudes and racial stereotypes, but surely it is better to learn how to deal with these realities than to hide from them. I mean, these college campuses now, ladies and gentlemen, are a disgrace. Absolute. The policies that they push. Then we have this from AP. Anti-Semitic attacks spike, killing most Jews in decades. I said, well, what in the world is this? The Associated Depressed. Israeli research has reported Wednesday that violent attacks against Jews spiked significantly last year, 
with the largest reported number of Jews killed in anti-Semitic acts in decades, leading to an increasing sense of emergency among Jewish communities worldwide. You know, I'm going to tell you something. If you're Jewish and you're in France or you're Jewish and you're in Germany, you are advised not to wear your yarmulke, star David, mezuzah, to hide your religious affiliation. And of course, let's be honest, I'm going to be very blunt here. A lot of this is the result of the wave and wave and wave of people coming in from the Middle East. That's the truth. That's the truth. The truth shall set you free. Set me free a long time ago. Capped by the deadly shooting that killed 11 worshipers at Pittsburgh's Tree of Life Synagogue on October 27. Assaults targeting Jews rose 13% in 2018. Now, the group recorded nearly 400 cases worldwide, with more than a quarter of the major violent cases taking place in the United States. I wonder why that is, Mr. Producer. A lot of this relates to immigration. You have Omar. You have Talib. They are first or second generation. You hear how Omar speaks, and I'm sad to tell you that she's not the only person who talks this way. You hear how Talib speaks. She's not the only person who speaks this way. We really have never seen anything like this in our Congress. And, of course, the Democrat Party won't step up in the House of Representatives and punish them. See, my view was, you don't need to condemn them with a resolution. Omar should be expelled. Expelled. There is an increasing sense of emergency among Jews in many countries around the world. It's not clear that anti-Semitism is no longer limited to the far left or far right and radical Islamist triangle. It has some mainstream and often accepted by civil society, like increasingly within the Democrat Party. Look, I'm going to keep saying it. I don't care how much I'm attacked. And I will tell you, the Obama administration was one of the worst then I believe it helped unleash this in this country. Tel Aviv University's Cantor Center for the Study of Contemporary European Jewry releases its report every year on the eve of Israel's Holocaust Remembrance Day, which began Wednesday at sundown. This year, the report comes just days after another fatal shooting, and you're aware of this in California. In addition to shooting attacks, assaults, and vandalism, Kenner also noted the increase in anti-Semitic vitriol online and in newspapers, including a recent anti-Semitic cartoon that appeared in the New York Times. There were actually two of them. And I'll tell you what. When you read Unfreedom of the Press, Chapter 7, you will never look at the New York Times the same again. Never. Whether you're Jewish, whether you're Ukrainian, whatever you are, you are never going to look at the New York Times the same again, nor should you. Nor should you. The ascendancy of the British Labour Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, has also contributed. I want you to see, these are left parties. The Democrat Party, the Labour Party. You don't see it in the Tory Party or the Republican Party. The ascendancy of British Labour Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, has also contributed to a growing sense of fear among Britain's Jewish community. Critics say Corbyn, a longtime critic of Israel, has long allowed anti-Jewish prejudice to go unchecked 
His supporters have been accused of sharing Holocaust denial and international Jewish banking conspiracies on social media. Several members of the party have quit the party in protest. Similarly, the inclusion of anti-Semitic activists in the Yellow Vest protests in France have raised greater concerns in a country in which anti-Semitic acts already account for half of all its documented hate crimes. I'll tell you what, these are scary times in many parts of the country, in many parts of the world. They just are. And the one politician who speaks out most forcefully against this is Donald Trump. Not Nancy Pelosi. Not Chuck Schumer. Not Steny Hoyer. Not Dick Durbin. Donald Trump. And the media in our country have given voice to many of these hateful voices over the past several years. They've also have spread propaganda against the President of the United States. It's just like this Mueller thing. We've never had a President who's been more transparent in providing information to a prosecutor. I'm telling you, never. And yet now they want to accuse him of obstruction. We've never had a President. It's the truth. Who's been closer to the state of Israel and the Jews than this president. And yet they call him anti-Semitic. This is what goes on with the left, ladies and gentlemen. It's Marxism in Wonderland. And I'm not just talking about the Democrat Party. I'm not just talking about liberal academics. I'm not just talking about buffoonish actors and actresses in Hollywood. I'm talking about the press. Jim Acosta, Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, John King, and their ilk. Not to mention MSLSD, the New York Times, the Washington Post, all the rest of them. A president that has Jews in his family. President who has done things with and for the state of Israel no president could ever even conceive of. And did it against pressure from within his own party and the Democrat Party and and leaders throughout the rest of the world. He is anti-Semitic. And they actually want you to believe this. The head of the ADL is a rotten rat fink who used to work for Obama. Who was special assistant to Obama. I think his name's Greenblatt. They're apologists. It's a lousy organization. Used to be a great organization. But as usual, the liberals ruined it. So there is spreading anti-Semitism all over the world and in this country. And in this country. And while the left wants to keep putting words in the president's mouth about Charlottesville, which I explained weeks and weeks ago, and we unraveled, and they still push their propaganda, their hate speech, When it comes to Omar, the New York Times comes to her defense. When it comes to Omar, Nancy Pelosi comes to her defense. When it comes to Omar, the DNC comes to her defense. When it comes to Omar, the media come to her defense. Why? She's a reprobate. We know why. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
As you folks know, I, this program, we're big supporters of the people who defend us. Military, police, firefighters, emergency personnel. They do things that the rest of us won't do. I want to tell you about Operation Deep Blue. National Police Week kicks off this coming Monday, May 6th. It was started in 1962. Now, this week honors our law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice while serving in the line of duty. Tens of thousands of law enforcement officers from around the world will converge on Washington, D.C. to participate in a number of planned events all week. And this year is the inaugural year of Operation Deep Blue, which was created to raise money and awareness for the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. Starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning, Operation Deep Blue Federal and local law enforcement officers will begin kayaking, kayaking from New Jersey to Washington, D.C., paddling a total of 225 miles over seven days, crossing the Delaware River through the Chesapeake, Delaware Canal, Elk River, heading south on the Potomac before wrapping up their Germany at the National Harbor in Maryland on Friday, May 10. Along the way, federal, state, and local law enforcement, Marine Service units, will assist the kayakers in supporting this important cause by providing safety boats. For those of you who are in the Washington, D.C. area, come to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial in Washington on Saturday, May 11th at 2.30 p.m. to meet these brave Operation Deep Blue kayakers personally. And at 2.30, there will be a special ceremony honoring officers who died in the line of duty. And sadly... With the addition of recent fallen heroes, the memorial will have 21,910 officers' names engraved on it. 21,910. Good Lord. Now, this is important. It's important to me. And I know how this audience reacts to something like this. Because we recognize our men and women in blue Every single day. I would ask you all to go to www.operationdeepblue.org. www.operationdeepblue.org. And if you can donate, we'd love you to do it. This is a very worthy cause. It's a cause that I support fully. So I would encourage Livingites to go to www.operationdeepblue.org. Mr. Producer, let's put that on my social sites, please. And donate what you can to this worthy cause. You don't have to donate a lot. Just donate what you can. And I want to thank all the individuals who are involved in Operation Deep Blue. Thank you very, very much. All right, Mr. Producer, give me a call. Go ahead. Do your best. On the Mark Levin app, Laura in Illinois. One minute. Go. Hi, uh, Mark. I want to thank you for one uh, for everything you do. Um, you mentioned Mueller complaints about the press. He writes. Well, you're not going to thank me, for instance, when I eat chocolate cake, are you? <laughs> well, I mean, you do speak for a lot of us, <laughs> and we don't have a platform that you. You're do, very so sweet. Again, thank you. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned how Mueller complains about the press. He writes a letter, leaks it, and DNC paid off. Mainstream media goes along with it. In the same week, Facebook. 
has now taken down top conservatives to speak out. And what I want to do in this Stalinistic kind of way of thinking is give you a rhetorical question and then counter it with a short comment that I believe will be in your book. Uh, so the Hold your thought. We have a break coming. And a lot of these people weren't conservative. They're actually crackpots. But that doesn't change your point, I don't think. We'll be right back. This is the show the New York Times is afraid of. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. The weekend's almost upon us, folks. Perfect time to go to Amazon.com and order Unfreedom of the Press. I believe it's 40% off. It won't stay that way. And it comes out in like two weeks or so. It comes out very soon. So I hope you'll get your copy. Now, I want to... I want you to take a quick look at uh, some outstanding free classes you can register to take at levinforhillsdale.com. Only a few weeks remain for you to register to take these free online courses from Hillsdale. If you've ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work, or how to explain the differences between capitalism and socialism, you can learn these things for free, taught by the best professors. Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, offers you free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes, the core that teaches how to think critically and act virtuously. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular courses for free and then start learning whenever you like. Visit levinforhillsdale.com right now, and you'll be on your way to a rich and meaningful education. So the registration page, I think it's going to disappear soon, and they're going to replace it. So jump in now. Register today for free and watch whenever you want. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com. Laura, go ahead quickly as I want to move on to a couple other subjects. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, so one of the, rhetor- or the rhetorical questions was, when will we use history as a platform for alarm bells? And one of the things that I wanted to go on, what I was talking about before, is what I think you will talk about in your book, is regarding with the New York Times. Neglecting to report on World War II in regards to what the Soviets and Germany were doing. And what I thought and kind of sparked my brain today while reading a different book was, did it help Roosevelt with his internment camps with American Japanese to a similar tactic due to out of sight, out of mind? I want to know your opinion on that. I'm trying to follow your question. Say it again. So, so... Uh, so Roosevelt basically wanted to kind of shut down the news as far as what was going on in World War II. It was going on with the Soviets and the uh, Germans as far as killing the Jews. Well, the Holocaust. The Holocaust, yes. Uh, and um, did he do that only because I believe in 1942, Roosevelt himself interned American Japanese people. No, one didn't really have one to do with the other. And I might add... Uh, when he moved the Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent through his military order to internment camps in the interior of the United States, it didn't come under much criticism from the media. Why maybe the media didn't want to go more towards what was going on. No, but I'm telling you, I researched this. One had nothing to do with the other. There are many reasons why they wouldn't cover the Holocaust. The administration was trying to downplay it. You had, even within the New York Times, you had uh, the Jewish ownership that was trying to downplay it because they wanted to appeal to the more broader, universal American population. 
and the owners of the owner of the New York Times was hostile to the idea of an Israel, as an example. So I explain it all in the book in Chapter 6. Thank you, my friend. I want to hit a few other subjects here. The main subject I want to hit is China. Ladies and gentlemen, China is the enemy. And it is very, very important that the president is engaging with China economically. Because China is still vulnerable economically. We're still much more powerful economically. But they are stealing us blind. They are stealing our technology and they're applying it to their military. And they're doing a very good damn job of it, too. And they've been doing it for a long time. And part of the problem is our own companies go over there and they cough up our technology in order to do business there. And I want you to listen to these headlines all today as a result of a national defense review conducted by our government. ABC News, Pentagon warns about China's increased activity in the Arctic, growing ambition to expand its presence. And by the way, the same goes with Russia. Air Force Times, China is laying the groundwork for war with Taiwan. Fox News, Chinese forces expanding to contest U.S. military superiority. UPI, Chinese military growing fast to challenge U.S. military superiority. The Telegraph, Pentagon says China plans to build military bases around the world to protect its Belt and Road project. International Business Times, U.S. and China military strength comparing defense capabilities. Now, I've had a number of shows on Levin TV and on Life, Liberty, and Levin with some great people. And we've spent a significant amount of time talking about China. And one of the other main areas in which China is very dangerous is in its kill satellites. The Obama administration would not fund kill satellites, so we don't have kill satellites in space to deal with Chinese and Russian targeting satellites. Well, what do you mean, Mark? I mean GPS systems and so forth that guide missiles and guide, uh, and guide airplanes and guide so forth. The Chinese do. And so their tactic is to take out our eyes, our sight, to destroy our GPS and GPS-related type technology in case there's a war. They're massively building up their Navy. They're massively building up their Air Force. They're moving resources away mostly from their ground forces, although they are very significant, to these other areas because they don't believe they're going to fight the United States on Chinese territory. They're also building bases and relationships all over the world, including in our own hemisphere, so they can move their navy as they wish. They do it sometimes straight up and other times in diabolical ways. For instance, they give these, these massive loans to third world countries that are sinking. Then when these third world countries can't pay for them as collateral, they'll take a base or they'll take something else that is strategically important to their military. The Obama administration turned its back to all of this. Joe Biden said the other day that China's really not that big of a problem. Joe Biden should be disqualified, not only because of his low IQ, but he should be disqualified because he's been wrong basically about everything. About everything. So China is a big problem. And they plan, as the Pentagon said today, by 2049 
to have the biggest, most powerful military on the face of the earth, backed up by 1.5 billion people. And here we are, allowing the Democrats and the media to draw our attention away from things that need to be really seriously dealt with, to lies about the Attorney General of the United States, to lies about the President of the United States, on top of Mickey Mouse crap that they bring up. This is another big problem with the media. Omission, self-censorship, and so forth. There's a lot of talk today about uh, Facebook and Twitter and they're banning people and so forth. And that we need to do something about it. I definitely understand why people feel this way. But what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? These are private companies. While they should be treated like public utilities. Well, what companies should be treated like public utilities and what companies shouldn't be treated like public utilities? Seriously, we need to think this through. We can't sound like a bunch of leftists. I do think we ought to put pressure on these companies, because that's the nature of capitalism, to cut it out. And tell them we're not going to buy any products that appear on Facebook or Twitter if you keep this up. There are other platforms out there and there are other platforms being developed and you should look into that as well. You should look into that as well. I'm no fan of these uh, companies. We know who runs them and we know the agenda that they're pushing. It's like the internet media. The internet media is Hardcore left wing, with few exceptions, of course, but hardcore left wing, just like the old media. I just have a problem with the iron fist of government. I really do. Because I know that the left will one day control the levers of power, and maybe one day soon. Six years goes very, very fast, ladies and gentlemen. And if you create a precedent, you better be sure that you're not creating a precedent you can't live with or unintended consequences. I don't have all the answers. This is a tough one. It's a tough one. I think we ought to be very vigilant in keeping an eye on this. We ought to be very vigilant in using our clicks and using our postings, our likes. We should be very vigilant in who we decide to buy from and who we decide not to buy from. There's other ways to deal with this, you know. These are private companies. But they make their stock available to all of us. You could have a campaign to buy as much stock as possible. Not just to invest, but to try and control what they do. You can show up at their various meetings. Sometimes they have public quarterly meetings. They always have a public annual meeting. Well, show up at the Facebook meeting. Show up at the Twitter meeting. Make yourselves heard. Make it clear what you think about them. Again, I'm no special pleader for these people. Billionaire leftists. Billionaire leftists are the worst. They are the worst. They're the biggest hypocrites on the face of the planet. I'm just not sure 
that I want governmental solutions because we don't control the government. They do. Or let me put it to you this way. They control it more times than not. And they know how to use it, and we don't. Plus the government, that is, the various agencies and departments, try to help the left progressives, the Democrats, while they try to sabotage Trump, Reagan, and other Republicans and conservatives. Just need to think it through. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. You know what's annoying? Liberals. You know what else is annoying? The fact that break-ins are still happening. But they're all going to, you know, people, they're evil people out there. They want to steal what you have, or they want to do harm to you and your family. I can't explain it. It just is what it is. And it happens all the time. Now, you want to try and cut your losses, right? So what do you do? Well, you need to protect your home and your family. And that's why I always recommend getting a top-notch security system. Now, what's the top-notch security system that I believe in? It's simply safe. It's my favorite home security system. And we have it. It's fantastic protection for your home. That keeps working if the power goes out, if the Wi-Fi goes out, or even if a burglar smashes your keypad. So they're anticipating efforts to try and undermine your security system. They have some of the fastest response times in the industry, ready to send help 24-7 if there's an emergency. So maybe it's no big surprise that Simply Safe is the top choice security system for CNET, PC Magazine, more than 3 million Americans, including me, and I hope you soon. Go to simplysafemark.com and learn more about Simply Safe. That's simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com, and protect your home as fast as you can. Because let me tell you something when these hoodlums. When they stake out a place or when they're trying to figure out what a place to, to bump off, you have a security system, they're far more likely to go to somebody who doesn't. So more and more people have security systems, more and more of you will be safe. SimplySafeMark.com, SimplySafeMark.com. So it'll be a wonderful weekend, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you'll watch on Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin. You can record it. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Wonderful discussion about health care. Oh, health care market. So, really? Well, I think you need to watch this particular show because we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders and his plan and the other plans, and we're going we're gonna to undress them like nobody else has done and talk about alternatives like nobody else has done. Trust me, it is fascinating. It is uh, something that will keep your attention even late on a Sunday night. And I hope uh, you'll go over to Amazon.com, get ready for our battle with the Fourth Estate, which conducts itself as the Fifth Column, and pre-order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. All right, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, America, in honor of you.
gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all law enforcement. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Unfortunately, the list gets longer. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the amazing economy. God bless each and every one of you. See you on Monday.